Good morning, everyone. I'm Pastor Steve, and welcome to the Open Door Christian Church. We are glad you're here today. Whether you're a member, a regular attender, or a first-time visitor, thank you for choosing to worship with us. If this does happen to be your first time, whether live, in person, or online, there's three things we do our best to get right every single week. The first one is about God's Word, the Bible. We believe that it is as relevant today as in the days that it was written, and all of our messages are based out of it. The second thing is prayer. God invited us to be people of prayer, not because of who we are, but because of who He is and what Jesus has done for us. And the third thing is worship. There's the musicians up on the platform right now, and they're here to lead you in worship, but they're not here to worship for you. We have the honor of worshiping for an audience of one, and that's our Father who's in heaven. Deidre and I aren't with you today. We're out of town for a few days celebrating our 34th wedding anniversary. But there's a couple that's here to bring the message today that you are really going to be blessed by. Their names are Sean and Kay Levesque. Sean is the director of Youth for Christ International out of Wilmer, and they're a part of an organization called Love to Hope that works to educate and to help fight human trafficking locally and around the world. We've been talking about human trafficking quite a bit lately. There's the movie Sound of Freedom that's kind of rang the bell about uh, the issue and helping us understand how serious it really is. We've talked about some of our own people who are biking across the country on Team Bat, Bike Against Traffic, helping to raise money and raise awareness to fight human trafficking. Sean and Kay are here to help us understand the work that they're doing with Love to Hope and what it is that we can do as they educate and inform us. If it's an issue that you're not aware of at all, well, today's the day that you're going to understand what it is that everybody's talking about. It's serious, it's important, and we need to be active in fighting trafficking around the world as Christians. With that, if you would join me with an opening prayer. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for everyone that has joined us here and joined us online. God, you set divine appointments with your people. It isn't a mistake or a coincidence that we are here today. We are here because you have something for us. Father, we are so grateful that you brought Sean and Kay here today. As they shine light on the dark world, help us to have open ears and open hearts and open minds to what it is that you want us to hear, Father. We invite your Holy Spirit to be with us now. It is in your Son's holy and precious name that we pray. Amen. Good morning, everybody. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. It is such a pleasure to be here this morning with all of you to get to share a little bit about um, You Love to Hope, how the Lord has been working in our life, and um, what the Lord can do in and through you. And uh, before I get started, I just want to go back to one of the songs that y'all just sang, uh, Goodness of God, because we're talking about a difficult topic today, but it's so important to remember that regardless of what you learn about what's happening in the world around us and abroad, God is still good. He is still good all the time. And like your sign says, (laughs) he is at work. And uh, he is at work all around us, but what's really important this morning, especially with the message that we have for you, is that he's at work in you. Um, What we have to share with you today is a message that is super practical, so I hope you are ready to take some notes, because what we're about to share with you are a lot of things that God can do in and through you to help fight 
human trafficking, as well as other justice issues that are going on in all of our communities that surround us. So if you don't have something to write with in a piece of paper, dig it deep and, uh, and be ready to write because we're going to share some really good stuff with you. And I'm praying that the Lord will work in and through you as he works in and through us as we share this morning. So if you don't mind, I'm going to start with a word of prayer and then we'll dig in. Jesus, we do love you and thank you that uh, you are present, that you are good, and that you are at work all the time. And I pray that you will do that this morning, that you will do that right now, that your Holy Spirit right now will move through this room in a mighty way. And as we share, as you speak through us, hearts will be touched, people will be moved, and action will be taken to fight against the darkness. And all the different ways, Lord, that you have gifted each one of us to do. We do all of this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. So I'm Sean, and this is Kay. And uh, we we have a, a quick, like I said, a presentation for you that's super practical. But just a little overview real quick is that uh, we're going to talk about human trafficking. We're going to scratch the surface. So don't expect this to be an in-depth training about trafficking and learn a bunch about it. Because honestly, this isn't the right setting for that type of training, but we do offer uh, lots of workshops, and we're getting booked all the time now, uh, and uh, God keeps opening doors, so there will be opportunities to learn more, and we can come back at any time and go deeper, um, because there is a lot more to learn than what we're going to share with you today when it comes to the educational piece, and honestly, that's such an important part. After we educate you a little bit and paint a picture, we're going to dive right in and talk about what God is calling all of us to do. Ephesians uh, 2.10, I think it's 2.10. Yeah. Yeah, did I, sometimes you second guess yourself, you know. <laughs> like, I've said this a million times. But uh, uh, 2.10 says, you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he's prepared in advance for you to do. And so all of you are equipped with gifts that God has given you and life experiences that he has provided for you so that you can get involved in the things that matter to him. Human trafficking matters to him. And when I think about a group of this size, I look out and I see it excites me to know that there are hundreds of gifts and life experiences that God can use for his kingdom to fight against slavery if, if we choose to do that. So will you open your hands and your hearts this morning as you hear, as we jump in and just see if God will prick your heart and provide something for you to do to get involved in this fight against trafficking. Because I want you to know, and I'll probably say this again at the end, every person in here, every single person can do something, it doesn't matter their age, to fight against trafficking, starting today. And uh, we're excited to see what he'll do in and through you as you leave and go our separate ways after this. So to share our story, I'm going to hand it over to Kay. Yeah, let me just tell you a little bit about our story and how God called us to do this work. We're passionate about awareness and education because that's what started my journey. In 2012, I had a sleepless night and I watched, I got up and watched a documentary on sex trafficking that changed the course of my life. My eyes were open to the fact that slavery still existed, that slaves could look like children and teenagers, that that was happening here in the United States. Learning that human beings had become a commodity, that where they were being sold like a product, angered me to action. 
So I began to learn and be trained and became a modern-day abolitionist, believing in the power of awareness as the key to prevention and the key to action. Well, that passion to shine the light on this dark underbelly of America transferred to my husband, and he took up the cause with me. And together we used our gifts of teaching and public speaking to spread awareness. And the more that we engaged and the more that we spoke, the more we wanted to increase our capacity to educate communities. So in 2016, we formed our organization Love to Hope. And we began to strategize an awareness road tour to educate communities across the United States. God called us to do some crazy stuff, and one of them in July of 2017 was to sell our five-bedroom home in Minneapolis, everything in it, and purchase the fifth wheel. We, for two years, lived in this home. We traveled America, bringing awareness with our three children to human trafficking with an emphasis on domestic minor sex trafficking and motivating communities to get involved. Is the slide working or no? Yeah, there should be a slide with uh, the family and the camper, the next one. There we go. That's our family. (laughs) That was our home. (laughs) And God blew open the doors for us and provided us with the privilege of speaking to thousands of people across the country, partnering with and advocating um, a variety of nonprofits and anti-trafficking organizations in each community, allowing us to point our motivated audiences to action steps. It was a beautiful time of surrender on the road and a beautiful time of seeing God work miracles. It was especially beautiful to see how many people were hungry for awareness and education, wanted to understand the issue of human trafficking, and wanted to do something about it. It was our great privilege to speak to churches because we have the hope of Christ, and we're able to to penetrate the darkness with the light of Christ and make a difference, loving people to hope. We came off the road in the fall of 2019, and we now live in Wilmer, Minnesota, where we continue our awareness work with Love to Hope, where Sean is the executive director of West Central Minnesota Youth for Christ, and I direct Parent Life, a ministry for pregnant and parenting teen moms. And our main motivation, our main why to fight trafficking is because people matter to God. He deeply loves the world so much that he sent his one and only son so that we could be saved. Jesus Christ, the greatest abolitionist who ever was, who ever will be, came to seek and save the lost and to set the captives free. And he's still at work today. Satan, the ultimate trafficker, who tricks, lures, entices, and keeps people in bondage. And so um, God is still at work He is a God of justice and righteousness. The Bible says they are the foundation to his throne. And he stirs up righteous anger anger in people so that they will act. Two verses shape our ministry strategy and focus. Proverbs 31.8. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. And Micah 6.8. He has shown you, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you. Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Yeah. Now, to paint a picture and talk a little bit about trafficking, I have this map that I'll put up here, and it's an infrared map put out by an organization called uh, the National Trafficking Hotline. 
And uh, what you see on here are different colors. And the darker the red, um, the more concentrated it is in regards to the number of calls and text messages that the trafficking hotline gets from victims who see a sign or a billboard on the side of the highway or in a gas station bathroom, and they decide they want out and they make the call or text message in. Or it's from people like you, uh, average everyday people that have learned about trafficking, and they see something and it doesn't look right. And they choose to do something about it, and they call that number. And we do have things on the back table there that have the National Trafficking Hotline number, and we'd love for all of you to grab that and put it in your phone, because you never know when you might call. So you see areas of the country that do not have color on it, but please do not be deceived, because we know that every zip code in America actually has human trafficking happening in it. So this is more domestic. This is national. Uh, What Sound of Freedom talks about really is a lot more of the international. And a lot of people still think that it's mainly just an international problem. But if you watch the movie, hopefully you caught that the number one consumer of this stuff is actually those that are in America. So that makes us a very big problem. And if you want to zoom in just a little bit more, this one is for the state of Minnesota. And you will notice there's color in our area right here where we live. Uh, St. Cloud is a huge hot spot. And Minneapolis and St. Paul is another one. Thank goodness they have an anti-trafficking task force. And then you see our state grade. Uh, There's a little to be desired here when it comes to what we can do to uh, get involved in the fight against trafficking. Every year, Shared Hope International, an incredible organization that's in D.C., doing work on the legislative level to try and get laws changed to help us in this uphill battle. They put these grades out for every state, and then they break it up into different categories. And while Kay and I would love to try and change the grades of all those We're here actually to fight against the last one, which is where we get an F in, prevention and training. Um, And we know that we would make a huge impact in that letter grade if we could get into more schools and talk to more students. Because those are the ones that are being targeted today. And we know, based on that grade, that there is a lot of work that still needs to be done. Many more students need to be educated so that they can see the wolf in sheep's clothing, and know what to be looking for to protect themselves and protect their friends. The next slide here is uh, talking about the statistics. And you probably have heard some of these, if any of you are into this at all. They're really large numbers. You know, the number of people that are caught up in slavery, over 30 million slaves today. And that's on the lower end uh, for statistics and what some people um, will share. But what's important to take away from that bullet is that there are more slaves today than any other time in human history. More slaves today than ever before. And that's both on the labor trafficking side and the exploitation of them sexually as well. And the majority of those are with labor trafficking. And we speak on that as well. But this morning really is a focus on um, the exploitation of people, men, women, and children, on the side of the sexual exploitation. And that number is four to six million, depending on what organization's reporting. But please know this whenever we know a number, there's so much we don't know. And so the numbers I'm sharing are probably low for you. And you can start educating kids on these numbers at a very young age. We're talking five, six years old, you can start talking about labor trafficking. And there are fantastic documentaries that you can sit down with your kids, show to them, show them and allow them to see that the life they have is quite privileged 
to what many kids around the world are experiencing today. And then lastly, uh, the reason why. People ask why. Why? Why is it so bad? As well as what, what, what can I do? It's so bad because there's so much money to be made. It is a big, big business. And it's really easy to exploit young people, which is the number one vulnerability. 14 is the average age. So anywhere from 13 to 16-year-olds are the ones that are being targeted today. And uh, they're easy targets. They're actually quite easy targets, especially on social media. So what are we going to do about this? <laughs> we have painted a kind of a, a grim picture here uh, that it's happening internationally, nationally, in our state, and right here in our own community. And we really do believe that uh, God has called us. And if you look in Scripture, Micah 6.8, like Kay mentioned already, it's actually filled with many, many different verses that tell us that we are supposed to be involved. You know, the, the verse says, what does the Lord require of you? So God's not requesting for us to get involved. He's actually telling us we have to be involved. If we love Jesus... We are told to do this. And it may not look like human trafficking specifically to you, but it may, be, um, it may be domestic violence. It may be homelessness. God's pricked our heart in different ways. But if he's speaking to you about this topic, he's telling you to do something. He's telling you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. So we're going to spend the rest of the time this morning breaking those down and, like I said, giving you practical steps on how you can get involved in this fight. For love to hope to act justly is to bring awareness on a topic that most people don't want to talk about. It's to honor the command of Proverbs 31.8 to speak up for those who can't speak for themselves and to speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. God opens doors for us. What a testimony of his promise to go before us and to direct our steps. And every opportunity that we have to educate a new audience, whether it's media, and when you're a crazy family who sells everything, hits the road in a fifth wheel, newspapers, podcasts, Facebook Lives, all these things, love to pick that up. God is so faithful to, to spread the message farther than we would ever know. Um, but whether it's media interviews, schools, pregnancy care centers, youth groups, churches, civic groups, businesses, community events, God allows an opportunity for us to make a community safer and stronger and give glory to God. When we hit the road, it was being obedient to act justly by educating. And sometimes when we have a righteous anger or a holy discontent, we, we can feel at a loss for how do we get started? What do we do about this? So here are just a few practical steps for you to determine how to act justly. Ways that you might want to sit with God and say, what is my role to live out this mandate in Micah 6.8? The first is to discover God's heart for injustice. Spend time in his word. Spend time searching scriptures for what God has to say about injustice. How does he feel about it? How does he respond to it? How does he ask us to respond to it? It will change the way that you think and that you live. A couple of references for you, Psalms 10, 17 through 18. Psalms 82, verses 3 and 4. Isaiah 117. Matthew 25. I could stand here all day and list scriptures about how God feels about injustice. But spend time in his word and in worship 
Connect to the heart of Christ. He is good, and he's gentle, and he's loving, and he moves you to act justly because he cares about people. Second is to recognize your holy discontent and your unique gifts. Sean already mentioned that it's not it's not necessarily going to be human trafficking for you, but there is a broken world out there, and people are hurting. So it could be domestic violence, it could be homelessness, hunger, bullying, broken foster care system, pornography, you name it, abortions. Our world is broken and lost, and people are in bondage um, to sin. And it is so important that we tune in to what riles us because that's the God of justice and righteousness moving in you to act. And so tune in to that holy discontent, what makes you upset about what is unjust. And then consider your own unique gifts and life experiences. They're put there by God for a purpose. It's said when your passion meets your gifts, you found your calling. So Sean and I are teachers by degree. We're public speakers through lots of life experience. But there are lots of skills and stories and um, opportunities to fight injustices we don't have the skill set for. But maybe you do. So find out what your skills and gifts are. Know your own story and passions. And then stay in your lane. Stay in that lane and let God use you right there. Not sort of mission envy or mission drift, which we can so do. Well, I wish I could do that or have that or be that. But God's got a unique calling on your own life. Third, get educated and educate others. Be sure you've spent time learning and understanding the area of brokenness that God is asking you to step into. Trying to help without being educated can make you dangerous, and it can cause hurt and damage. You've got to understand your topic. Some of the most damaging words we can say are, if I were you, because we're not, and we don't understand the person's road they're walking. So it's really important for us to get educated and to stay humble, which is part of Micah 6.8's mandate. If you want to get educated more about trafficking, please go to our website, lovetohope.com. We spent a lot of time building out resource pages, and there's a whole one-stop shop there for you to read books, watch documentaries, hook up with organizations that fight trafficking so that you can make a difference in, in your lane. And then finally, just do the next thing. How simple does that sound? But too often, we have this go big or go home mentality. Or you're like I was at first. You hear about an injustice like human trafficking and you have the strong desire to become a vigilante. Or you think that maybe it has to be people like Tim Ballard. Or we have to start a safe house. Or we have to rescue a girl. And those are all good things. But we think if we're not doing something big, we're not doing anything at all. So we'll just support the people that are doing something big. And that's a pass for us. And that's a lie from Satan. There's no pass for us to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly. And there are things that we can do. You know what else is a lie from Satan is that you have to wait for a certain time. We do that so much. I have to have a certain income, a certain education, a certain life stage. 
And, and Satan just wants to derail us. Like, maybe when this happens, I'll get on board with that holy discontent and I'll actually step in and engage. But we can do things right now. We did not go from hearing about trafficking to selling our home and hitting the road. It was baby steps of obedience. We volunteered. We educated ourselves a lot. We spoke up. We made changes in our purchasing decisions. We aligned ourselves with organizations so that we could learn and grow. We stretched out of our comfort zones. And we just did the next thing that God asked us to do. And we're still doing that today. God will show you the way when you have a desire to step in and act justly. Proverbs chapter 2 says, If you seek God's word and cry out for wisdom, then you will understand what is right and just and fair. And you'll find the right next steps, the way to go. The next piece is love mercy. And for us, it's the service and the mobilization piece. It's actually getting out there, outside the church walls, and serving, getting involved in doing things. And the picture that you see up here uh, is uh, with an organization called Magdalene Hope. And this was in Bakersfield, California. And I share this story with you because it was a story of me, like Kay just said, getting out of my comfort zone acting in obedience to the Lord, saying this is an opportunity for you, you need to use it. And then because I did this simple thing, uh, he spoke to me and worked in me and literally changed the course of my entire life. I wouldn't be standing here today, I don't think, if I had made the commitment after what happened when we went out on the road. One Friday night, Kay and I decided to go out in this pink van and go to the red light district because Bakersfield, California has a red light district. And we uh, would pull up to the uh, areas where there are plenty of slaves, those being sold. And uh, a group gets out of the van, and they just start going from door to door and talking to these victims, praying with them. I volunteered to stay in the van that night and pray. <laughs> so I, I, I played it safe. Like, this is okay for me. I'm, I'm right here. And I prayed fervently. And there were some amazing God stories that came out of that night. But Doug invited us to come back the next Friday, and we did. And this time when I was about to volunteer to pray, he said, no, Sean, you're coming with me. You're getting out of this van. And so I said, all right, here we go. And I thought I would just stand, you know, in the back and let the two other people that I was with kind of do all the talking. But I was in the middle and we came up to one of the doors and the gal that was standing there grabbed my hands and she just gripped them. And it was one of those incredible Holy Spirit moments where you just knew that God was moving. I had no idea what he was doing, but he was moving in that moment. And I prayed with that girl. And as soon as I got into the van that night, I said, Lord, if you want me to be in full-time ministry for the rest of my life, I'm all in. I'm all in. We came off the road and through about five different miracles (laughs) that we, excuse me, don't have time to tell you about today. God brought us to Wilmer, Minnesota to work with Youth for Christ and continue our work with Love to Hope. And it was a simple act of obedience and choosing to serve and go outside the comfort zone. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm asking you to challenge yourself and step outside of your comfort zone, to get in the Word and search for examples. A lot of us as human beings, we need that constant push. Well, you can get that constant push if you get in the Word on a regular basis. He will speak to you through His Word. And he'll be pretty practical about it and very clear that he wants you to get involved. And he will probably share with you exactly what you're supposed to do if you abide daily on a regular basis. And then to serve others and volunteer. 
just get involved. You know, we came and spoke to the youth a couple months back here, and that room was filled with kids, students, but it was also filled with volunteers. It was filled with people who are wanting to invest in the next generation. Honestly, that's some of the best anti-trafficking work you can do. Get involved in the lives of vulnerable teenagers. Incredible work. I'm going to skip a couple of slides here and talk to you a little bit about Youth for Christ because we're 15 minutes away and we have a thousand kids on our roster. We have eight full-time staff that are on the front lines trying to build relationships with these young people. Parent Life is a really great example of a ministry that desperately needs volunteers. They minister to pregnant and parenting teen moms. Anywhere from bringing a meal once a year to crocheting a blanket for a baby, to coming in and talking, educating the moms, or jumping in all the way, just diving in headfirst and being a mentor mom and just doing life and being part of the village that helps take advantage or take care of these uh, young women that are so, so vulnerable. And that's the last piece on this. Um, this one is to actually have um, eyes to see the vulnerable. Because there are so many around us that are hurting, and who better to notice the vulnerabilities than us, than you? Because you know who's noticing the vulnerabilities of young people? The traffickers. They see them, and they can exploit them so easily. How much more important is it for us, the church, believers in a holy God, to be available and willing to get involved see the vulnerabilities that are all around us, and speak into those messages of hope and love so that we can change the mindset of the young people, educate them, and remind them who they are, but most importantly, whose they are. You all have a role to play. Regardless of your age as an adult, we can all get involved and speak into the lives of young people in a variety of ways. Mm -hmm. The final command of Micah 6.8 is to walk humbly with your God, and that is to depend on God and God alone. Traveling America was full of adventure and beauty and experiences and cultures that were a gift from Jesus, but living in 21 states in two years had its challenges. We focused on hot spots where human trafficking was the worst. We were the new people in every church and every community. And so walking humbly meant that we have to trust on God to network on our behalf, to connect us to leaders, to look out for our kids and their relationships and friendships. Sean left his career of 20 years. We left our family, and walking humbly meant we had to trust God to fill the gaps financially and emotionally, and he did. We saw God provide over and over again in miraculous ways in the 60-plus thousand miles that we traveled. And we see him now as we continue ministry work. To walk humbly with God. So how do we learn to live by faith and walk humbly in our day-to-day decisions and activities? Well, first we keep perspective. To walk humbly is to remember our place. It's to know that save for the grace of God, that story could be my story. It's only by God's grace that it's not. When we are not humble, we create an us-and-them mindset. We separate ourselves and we subconsciously create a hierarchy. And if we're not careful, we can find ourselves praying things like the Pharisee in Luke 18. I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people. Cheaters and sinners and adulterers, 
traffickers and buyers. Instead, we have to be like Paul, who in 1 Timothy 1.15 said, This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ died to save sinners, and I'm the worst. Did Paul really think he was the worst? How did he get to that place? Worse than Tiberius, Nero, Ahab, Jezebel? How does Paul say that? Because we don't spend our time comparing ourselves to other sinners. We spend our time in the presence of a holy God. And when we do that, we say, oh, wretched man am I. Here I am. Send me. So keep your perspective. Simplify to create margin. I believe one of Satan's primary tactics is to keep believers ineffective through busyness. I just came back from a conference and someone said, busy stands for burdened under Satan's yoke. We're so busy. We're busy even doing good things sometimes, but that doesn't mean they're the right things. So create for yourselves a mission statement. Ask God to help you to hone in on what it is he's calling you to do, that holy discontent, those experiences. And that will give you the confidence and voice to say, I'm going to have to say no to whatever it is you're being asked to do because it doesn't align with what God has for me this year. Admit your weaknesses and allow God to use them. This is a huge part of walking humbly. Admitting you don't have it all together, you're not always going to be successful, you aren't going to always make the right choices, you have to seek forgiveness, and yet you believe that the Bible is true when God says, my power works best in your weakness, and that he uses the weak things even so that the works of God can be displayed in our lives. And then depend on God to provide, because he is so faithful, and he knows your needs, So trust him. Depend on him to provide the time that you can't find right now, the opportunities you don't see right now, the desire you may not even have right now to do everything that God calls you to do. And then finally, remember that this is a spiritual battle. Ephesians 6, 2 says we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So serve and pray and worship and let God show you how to act justly and love mercy and walk humbly with him. I want to pray over you. And I want to pray over using a passage of scripture from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 11 and 12. So we keep on praying for you. Asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way that you live. And you will be honored along with him. And this is all made possible because of the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you, God, that you are alive and active, that you are just and righteous, that you are seeking and saving the lost, that you are setting the captives free, that you care about the things that are broken in the world, that you're near to the brokenhearted, that you've given us your word, Lord, to show us the way. 
to show us your heart. God, we want to be used by you. Teach us how, Lord. Teach us how to act justly and love mercy and walk humbly with you to be used by you to make a difference. In Jesus' name, amen. That's a great one. So just a reminder for all of you that uh, the work that needs to be done is simple. It's not difficult. And that all of you are equipped to be able to do the work that God wants us to do. And collectively together we can make a big impact if all of us do something. My wife and I, Kay, will be at the table at the back. If you do have questions, comments, or concerns on anything, we would love to chat with you before you leave. And just remember, if God's been working in your heart and trying to speak to you, and you feel he's telling you to do something and you don't feel equipped, he's got you in the right place. He doesn't want you fully equipped because he wants the glory. And he will equip you if you just obey. Listen to that. Thank you.